0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host, My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show, our guest today is Danny Petro of CrossFit West Cobb, coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. CrossFit West Cobb. Danny, what is going on, man? How are you today?
2: Hey, how are you?
1: I am doing very, very well. I appreciate you asking me. Now, uh, obviously, the, the crux of our conversation, Danny, is going to be the business side of what you do, lessons, wisdom, experience, all that you have gained along the way of being the owner of CrossFit West Cobb. But for some context here, I think I think description and background is important. So when you tell people about your gym, how do you describe in your own words what CrossFit West Cobb is?
2: Um, so I think we had a pretty typical startup story. Um, you know, we just came from super small investment. Me and my wife rented a little space, um, did most of the work ourselves, tried to build Um, we were in a tough part of town so we built very slowly we're 10 years in now and we own our space we have a 10,000 square foot warehouse on a couple acres big parking lot lots of space Um, and we're in that 150 to 180 member range Um, we're the most expensive group fitness gym in the area now and finally starting to get the snowball rolling to be able to feel like we're pretty stable but it was a uh, long road to get here that's for sure
1: <laughs> so fairly typical to gym owner nature long road to get here take us back to the the early part of that road here for a minute Danny tell me a little bit about when and, and how this whole thing got started
2: all right so um, I'm 24 years old I'm living with my girlfriend at the time now wife Mary Um, we had a little apartment. We wanted to do something. Actually, our little apartment at the time was the one above my dad's separate garage um, because we weren't making a lot of money and I wasn't doing anything. I had just gotten done playing baseball and wanted to get going with something. So she went and opened me a bank account and I went and found a little bit of money, took what I had saved and started building boxes and painting walls in a Um, it was an old Meineke was an old car care center that we rented out and the lease was expensive and had to sign a personal guarantee, which we can talk about if you want to, I put a little stipulation in there that really helped me out a lot in case of trouble. But, um, and, uh, I had some people that followed me from a gym that was about five or six miles away that I started coaching. Um, but yeah, I guess so before that I started doing CrossFit just for fun, ended up being pretty good, um, couple months in i ended up qualifying for regionals got 10th place at regionals my first time going and then the next year ended up actually qualifying for the games as an individual competitor and went and got 13th place at the crossfit games and kind of started my professional competition career so was trying to train full time while open the gym um Opened the gym in 2013 in the same so when year. when did you sleep at this point? Well, yeah, got... so just to paint the picture, I'm going to throw a couple more in there. Um, also had, uh, so that was when I was 24 years old. We opened the gym. That was 2013. Um, that was the year I went to the games. Had a daughter in 2014 and a son in 2015. <laughs> and, so um, you haven't slept this whole time. So we Cause... were, okay. I was coaching every single class. If my wife didn't help me out and coach some of the mornings. Um, because she was with the kids and then in between classes I would stay at the gym and I would nap and cook my food on a little um, little hot plate thing and then train you know I'd get an hour and a half in and take a nap and then coach a class and then sleep again and then eat and then get another training session and then coach more classes and then you know so I was 5 a.m to 8 p.m every day. Yeah, And then, um,
1: we were, we were bought in on CrossFit at least that's for sure.
2: Yeah. So I was full-time athlete and trying to turn it into a profession basically. Right. But I had no business ownership experience. Um, I hadn't even had a credit card by that point. You know, I was like basically cash only kind of college kid. What I had was what I spent. So signing a lease and, you know, having to figure all that out was, was, this was a big chaos. Oh, huge. Yeah, Yeah. this
1: was a big leap. And so uh, that was that was roughly 10 years ago. Like we said early on, theoretically, we've learned a little bit more about running a business in the last decade, hopefully, at least. But look back on on that time and just talk for a minute about what's been the best part about being a business owner and what's been the toughest, most challenging part about being a business owner. Um.
2: The best part is just being able to access people and work with them how I want to. Um, I was always really good at coaching. I was probably a better coach than I was an athlete, even with baseball. Um, And so just being able to work with people the way I want to work with them was really good and not having to adhere to any other programs that I maybe didn't agree with quite so much or wanted to modify or things like that. So just having the freedom to be able to do what I felt was right for each individual was really cool. And I love coaching. I love being around the gym atmosphere. You know, I get to go to work in shorts and a t-shirt every day and I'm working for something that I'm building for me, you know, the, the mm-hmm. kind of, and, but the tough part was, you know, I had no guidance. I had no money, you know, the funding of working for someone else as an established business. And having funding behind your ideas allows you to actually do them. Um, You know, and so I had a ton of ideas and no money to execute. I had no way to go out (laughs) and get people. And if I could get people in the door, I knew what to do with them. Yeah. You know, and but therein lies the the challenge in the fitness industry. Right. And that's it. And, um, you know, so I was stuck there forever. Um, And I was stuck there for the first six years. I didn't have an employee that I paid until I believe year seven, I don't think I was able to spend a single dollar on advertising, not even social media advertising until like year six or seven. Yeah. Um,
1: what was, the, and, what was the, the turning point? What happened in year six or seven to be able to, to change all of that? Um,
2: well, we took, our original strategy was, um, I'm in my hometown. First of all, um, I'm about 20 minutes away from where I grew up and we picked basically the closest area of town that we could afford to live and open the gym. So all the nicer parts of town that if I had the proper funding, I could have gone and opened a gym and been at the year seven mark, I believe probably by by month seven, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, but I didn't have that option. And so we went as close as we could and said, this is a 10 year play. Basically, um, 18 months into ownership, we found a building a mile down the road that is the building we're in now. And it had been abandoned for six years, changed some owners, some out of state investors that realized it was too high maintenance to try to fix up and do anything with. And so we actually bought a building, um, 18 months in down the road. So I still had 18 months on my lease that I was paying. And then I was trying to fix up a building <laughs> that was destroyed that people came in and ripped out all the copper. They ripped out all the plumbing, all the oh, lights, God. all the wires. Um, yeah. There was the, the water main was ripped up at the, the slab. So I couldn't flush toilets. I couldn't so turn on we lights. We had some
1: projects. Yeah. We
2: had projects. And this was going on in the middle of my coaching and training session. I was driving down the road and, of your children <laughs> and scrubbing walls and trying to figure out how to paint and put up. I mean it was like it was chaos, but you know what we did was set ourselves up for infrastructure for the future and for cash flow to be to be better. So we basically just, any chance we had on you know taking on more, and I don't necessarily recommend this, right? I mean because it was chaos and my success, my odds of success were were low. I mean, at best. And you know, I'd like to, I think part of what I'd like to do is go into what factors I would like to look for when starting a business in order to increase my odds of success now that I've seen all this. Um, (laughs) but basically hindsight for sure. Yeah. But basically, you know, having my own building now and not paying rent is the thing and then the area itself actually getting nicer because I saw that the, the city was expanding out this way so there's a lot of younger people young families young professionals moving to this area and I knew they would I just hoped it happened a little sooner because I moved in an area that there wasn't a lot of people that were just even in our demographic at all and then it wasn't really a nice part of town and so I had to wait for the people to get out here they rebuilt the roads and the schools in this area while we were you know in those first few years and We saw it coming. We just had to kind of survive. And so my strategy was the only one that I had available at the time, which was get in and get started before the prices went up in the area and hope I survived.
1: Yeah. And for lack of a better term, kind of just
2: eat shit for six years. Six years. I mean, we were, we were, I mean, barely, barely, you know, hanging on we probably almost almost closed four or five times in that in that period. Yeah. It's a so, story
1: unfortunately not tremendously uncommon in our industry. A lot of the time when we are getting businesses off the ground like this, we don't have financial backing or endless resources to be able to buy the biggest or the nicest location. You guys did what you had to do to survive as long as we needed to to get to a point where One day, we wouldn't be scraping and clawing just to get through the day. From your side, Danny, you you mentioned at, at a certain point beyond year six or seven, we were able to invest a little bit in marketing and start paying some employees, but just over the years, what's worked really well and what didn't work so well for you guys to generate some leads and to get some new members?
2: Yeah, so I guess this would be kind of like, I'd like to kind of break this down into two sections. One would be if you don't have a choice and you want to open a gym and your only choice is you're going to be a struggling underfunded small business and you're going to try to make it work, right? Because that's what I did and I can't blame anybody for also wanting to do that, right? And you're chasing your dream and you're taking a risk. Um, You know, your risk is relatively low. Let's say you're in that, um, you know, plus or minus a bit, but you're in that, I got 50 grand to try to open a gym range. I think that's probably pretty common. I don't think too many people try to do it with 20 or 30. Um, But I think that kind of the threshold for even being able to attempt it might be 50 grand to start with, right? And maybe you borrowed it or maybe you had it, but um, we'll worry about that later. And so what can you do in that range, right? So you have a small outfit um, with A few of each piece of equipment. You don't have top of the line stuff. Um, You don't have a ton for marketing. What can you do? Right. So that was a huge thing for me is I would sit there and, you know, you're just fiddling your thumbs wondering what you can do. Right. And it was super frustrating because everything that I thought I needed to be doing cost money and I couldn't do it. And now that I look back there, there is quite a few, there are quite a few things that I think I could have been doing that could have made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basic first thing is keep your space clean, right? Like that's so huge. And a lot of people in the CrossFit world were in those kind of like boxing world or, um, you know, if you're a, a powerless, <laughs> celebrating gym, the dungy basement, you celebrate the dungey basement in your own dungy basement, not at your business. Yep. Right. Because there's yeah, nobody nope. that's going to come in that is okay with the grungy basement. That's going to be mad about your gym being clean. Right. But there's, there's a lot of people that are the other way around that, you know, they don't want to sit in chalk and they don't want to have dust covering everything and they don't want you know bathrooms that aren't nice and i'm not talking nice like expensive because clean is so important and and especially in the female category of your members cleanliness is so important and females are where you make your money Mm they are the longest and so we,
1: they, we focused on keeping the product up to up to snuff
2: i mean i didn't right and this was one thing that i that i was like i need new equipment and i need all this and and um and in the meantime i'm sitting there looking at a dirty floor right and i could have been mopping and i could have been wiping equipment down constantly and i didn't i was just sitting there and i was frustrated And so that's something that's like so huge is like when you get stuck, it's like, and you think, you think that you think that you got to do all these big things first and like priority number one is like, you know, this piece of equipment or, um, you know, some marketing strategy or something to get people in the door and bottom of the food chain for you for priority is like how to keep people in the doors (laughs) yeah for what you think is gonna like actually translate into more money in your pocket the last thing you think of is like pick up a mop. but i'm telling you that is it's like it's so huge and that will that will make so much more of a difference than you think
1: and it's sad that we even have to address like basic cleanliness is the differentiator between good gyms and great gyms or average gyms and good gyms but it's reality even in 2023 I step foot into gyms all the time where I'm like you know, probably not going to lay down on this floor
2: yeah and you know CrossFit and any other kind of full body coached fitness routines you you are going to be on the ground at some point you're going to be rolling around stretching you're going to be practicing core work gymnastics movements on the ground you're going to be doing this stuff and people's faces you know you're going to be laying on the ground on your belly doing like scorpion stretch or you know kickovers and things like that your cheek is going to be on the floor and if you got somebody's hair in front of you or you got dust on your face when you get up like in in psychology, like human psychology, the the emotion or the, the feeling of disgust is one of the strongest feelings that humans can feel.
1: Yeah, and
2: that lasts. And, you can't overcome and, that once that's You can't overcome. Uh, once you get one feeling, one instant of disgust in your brain and you associate it with a building, you can have a hundred different awesome experiences, but that one feeling, it's like that one time. Um you you drank milk. Hello? We
1: lost you for a minute, Danny. So let me okay, let me well, kind of back. circle back. Sorry let me kind that. of circle back and we'll clean that up on the back end here. So yeah. for you guys, cleanliness was not a focus early on, but at not some point a became a focus. You mentioned, uh, and I wanted to pick your brain on this because I think this is really, really important, especially in the CrossFit world, the marketing and the advertising piece. I find that the people that I speak with either avoid it like the plague, we don't need that word of mouth will carry us through, or they've tried it and it's typically gone horribly. It's rare that somebody has a good experience with it. Talk to right. us about about your perspective on advertising and marketing and and how it's worked for you over the years
2: okay yeah so um i guess the the one other thing i was going to say real quick um on what you can do when you can't afford it at all is you can just have better communication with the current members that you do have right so that's pretty easy you don't have very members very many members anyway right because you're in this position because you don't have that many so if you got 50 60 70 members it's pretty easy to contact half of them in, in a week, you know, just a text message or just a call or an email, just making sure they're doing good, asking them for feedback, um, checking in on them, telling them good job, anything that you can do, send them a text message after a workout and say, Hey, that, you know, trying that higher box today and, and getting over that fear was really cool. I'm really proud of you for that. Like anything to do, anything to make it more personalized. Um, Mm. You know, you're sitting around fiddling your thumbs, text your members create a personal connection with them so they don't want to leave because they don't want to leave you it's not just some exercise program they're leaving right and so that's kind of like it's it's like marketing you know to your own members I guess before you're even trying to go out and do more and then the more your members um, understand your situation and understand that you're really trying even though your gym doesn't look that fancy um, you know they're going to be a good marketing source for you because they're going to go out and they're going to say hey you know even though this gym seems a little bit you know not up to par to some of the other gyms when you first walk in you know they're going to be telling their friends like it's really cool it's really unique this coach really cares about what you're doing and give them a chance you won't regret it you know so then you 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 figure out how to make your clients uh, marketing sources for you without having to spend any money Right? Mm -hmm. And then how do you get over the hump of, when you already don't really have much money, how do you get over the hump of, I need to start spending money on marketing, right? And this was something that I should have done. I should have taken on some debt, even if it was just a couple hundred bucks a month, because let's say I was already going negative or I was just barely breaking even. And it's like, how do I justify even a couple hundred bucks on marketing? Um, but it, it works. Like you got, you have to get your name out there. You have yeah. to let people know. I had so many people. Is this is on social
1: and, media, Danny? Is that specifically oh, it has where, to be, where right? you It has to be. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, and it's the only way that you can target a specific enough de- demographic location wise, you know, a five mile radius of your gym and then specific interests or groups of people or age ranges or things like that, you can't do mass marketing starting out. You have to be so oh, no, specific. We don't have the budget for you that. Know? Nobody does, right? And so, um, you know, I'm, there's, a, there's a billboard down the road from me that's like a, a, a electronic display billboard, um, you know, and it's like 1800 bucks a month to have 10 second ad every 60 seconds and it's at this massive intersection. And I'm thinking about doing that. I'm thinking about actually trying to start doing some mass um, marketing stuff now, Uh, but it has taken me a long time to get to there. And still, I, I haven't really had any reason to, because it seems like the more money I dump into social media marketing, I'm getting pretty immediate return if I put some time and thought into the content that I'm creating. And there's a learning curve on that too, because... Um, you that's know, the content the, that you're the creating kicker, I think. is, yeah. yeah, it's huge. It has to have some variety. Um, it has to, you know, be eye-catching. You got to have something to market. If it's not your facility, you got to figure out what else it is that, that separates you and market that, um, you know, don't be afraid to market yourself. I'm really bad at marketing myself. Um, I am the product of this gym and my coaches that I have here are awesome. And they are now individually marketable because they've learned what I've taught them and, the, and they're awesome people. But really, I mean, I'm, I'm really the product at this gym and yeah. I don't market myself at all. And I've got a girl now that's our front desk manager and she's learning to assistant coach and she's doing our social media. And she's like, I got to get you on video more often. I got to yeah. get you speaking, and just your it's face. because And I hate doing it. The resume
1: that you have is marketable. The, the product demonstrates itself. But even still 10 years in, you're like, man, I know I need to do this, but I'm still I, not doing it.
2: <laughs> and I'm as confident with this information as anybody I've ever met. I've been doing this forever. I've coached 16,000 plus classes. I've taught uh, seminars all over the world for competitive CrossFit and nutrition. And I've like, I mean, I have no problem speaking in front of people. And I still hate being like, I don't know, I got, I, it's like this, this hurdle that I, that I don't wanna be a cheesy car salesman, you know? Or some, yeah. like, I don't wanna be like, you know, a Coca-Cola that's, or that. Kellogg's commercial that's pushing something that, that and, and, you know, and in my heart, I don't feel like that, right? You know, in my heart, yeah. I feel like I'm bringing value that is well worth what I'm asking to pay. And I believe that I'm going to increase your quality of life and in the long run, even save you money, I believe in my product. Um, I'm confident in front of a camera, um, but I just, I still, I'm trying to get over that hurdle at now, you know? So for now, what I do is I market other stuff. And then, um, Rachel bridging at least my, my, you know, media girl, she, she argues with me like every day and she's like, come on, we got to do this video. And I'm like, I know, but, um, this is,
1: this is very parallel to our client coach relationship of, you know, what you need to do and you're not doing it. There's some accountability on the back end of that now Danny all of this I mean we've talked about how you got here we've talked a little bit about how it looks today but I want to hear your perspective on where all of this is going We're we're a month or, or a couple of weeks shy of celebrating 10 years in business and so what are we looking to accomplish here as time goes on what's still the goal in your mind
2: Um, so right now my building still has quite a bit of upside potential for growth without a lot of addition for expenses. So I'm just now I've gotten to the place where, um, my infrastructure is in place to where I could have a 250 or 300 member gym just for my group training alone. And then I can do a bunch of add-ons because I have so much space. I can do my space rental. I can do group training with teams while a CrossFit class is going on and not disturb each other. I can have personal training going on while classes are going on. Um, And so right now, like I said, we're like 160, 170 members. Um, I have done price increases um, finally, and I'm still not where I want to be. I'm at $189 a month. um, And for how many classes we offer, um, which is eight classes on weekdays, plus four hours of open gym on average on that same day, and then yeah, people, the level people of are getting a lot for
1: that price, they're huh? getting a
2: lot. And, um, you know, really, it should probably be 230 to 250. And I'm scared to go there. Um, and I think I'm, you know, that's another thing is like, don't be afraid to charge what you're worth. Because if you don't, you're not, you know, and you can't make enough money to survive, then you're not worth anything anyway. You know what I mean? And, and you can't help people if you don't charge them what your worth is and that's another big hurdle we could get that's a problem that
1: we could talk about for hours in our
2: industry yeah but so for now um like last year i upgraded i went all new competition bumper plates i bought like eight thousand pounds of of competition grade bumper plates i built uh um i extended my rig so now i have a a 12 squat station freestanding pull-up rig as opposed to. Six, um, I built this cool deck out front that people can lounge and do work and hang out post-workout and things like that. Um, I upgraded quite a few more things. I basically, last year, um, I invested in, um, employees. So I, I got a new employee, um, and added that expense. We didn't really need her at the time, but I knew that if I got another 40 or 50 members, I was going to be swamped. And so I had to get ahead of that. And I had to take a pay cut myself as the owner to get her trained um, and get her ready for when I was hoping that things would start picking up. So last year, basically it was all infrastructure. And I invested every bit of extra that I had. It was really our first year that we kind of broke out and even had any extra. So I invested everything back in. I, I immediately put it back in and I got it set up to where we can handle 16 to 20 person classes consistently, which at 160 people, I think we average nine members per class. We get about um, we get about 60 to 80 uh, logins per day. So we get about maybe 40% of our total member base that actually shows up on any given day up to 50% sometimes. So our attendance is really high, but we can still handle a lot more. Um, I have two coaches, coaching in the afternoons because i have the assistant that helps with the front desk and she can come out on the floor if needed to help new people and then i have the head coach who's me or my um my other number two main guy his name is alandis he's awesome um and so i invested in infrastructure so that when people started showing up because i thought they were going to um i would be able to handle them and not lose my quality and so now i am I, all the money is spent, all the work is done to where now every new member becomes profit without losing quality. Right. And so this is my year that I hope that I'm just going to start, um, you know, hopefully kind of thriving for the first time, as opposed to,
3: um,
2: getting by or as opposed to doing well, but it all has to go back in. And I've got You know, so, so my next year is hopefully get ahead of it and keep my expenses low. And then I have some um, upgrades that I'd like to do to my building next. Um, Basically what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to match the quality of facility of the upscale gyms in the area. Not really this area because we're the most upscale right now because there's not any really high-end stuff out radius. here yet or you know we don't have any of the really high-end 250 300 a month pilates or like berries if you've ever heard of berries right we have berries in town and it's 400 a month and it's awesome um and you know so what i'm trying to do that i think a lot of crossfit gyms and and other small gyms is they um they just underestimate the value of nice Um, you know, nice facility. And so I'm going to try to upgrade and build it, build out some locker rooms that have nice vanity mirrors with the blow dryers hooked up and nice sinks that are permanent and um, showers and changing rooms. I want to put little saunas in there. Like I want to make it, I want to take the new age style of gym, right? I put like cool um, green and blue neon lights up in my workout Floor, So I can turn the lights off and it turns into this green room that's like the lighting is cool. I upgraded my stereo system so I'm matching the vibe of these new killer gyms that are popping up um, that are, you know, most of the time corporate. And I'm taking everything yeah, I can to, from.
1: We had to put ten years of work in to get into getting to this point. Yeah, but you know, and year. their
2: their lighting system is is probably a forty thousand dollar lighting system, and mine was four thousand dollars because I bought my lights on Amazon, and I had my buddy who's an electrician, you know, put them up. And yeah. um, their sound system is a forty thousand dollar sound system. Mine again was about four thousand dollars. I bought, I pieced yeah. it together on Facebook Marketplace. But who cares? Because you know it. It looks 90% as cool for 10% of the cost. It,
1: it does the job. And
2: sure. it does the job. And so I did it my way. And I figured out how to incorporate as much of that cool new school gym, you know, urban, you know, awesome, high quality, super fancy gym with old school, classic, CrossFit, hands-on programming, exercise, and community. And I think a lot of people with CrossFit gyms, um, especially is they, they hold on to too much of the, the atmosphere, right? Because your atmosphere can look however you want and you don't have to lose what makes CrossFit awesome, which is when done correctly, you know, the diversity and intensity of exercise and the community. So that's what those new age gyms don't have. They have basic workouts that plateau really quickly because you're on a treadmill and you got 10 pound dumbbells every time and no more than that. There's no community. The lights are off. Nobody talks to each other. You're in and out quick. And so you can have both. You just got to figure out ways that you can do it on your budget and be okay with, with getting outside that typical feel of what a CrossFit gym looks like. And yeah, hopefully- That's I, the I, fun
1: of entrepreneurship, right? Is that you can create this in your own vision. Yeah and if yeah. people stick then you were right <laughs> you know yeah
2: right you just kind of guess <laughs> and, and go by intuition and and hope it works but yeah and a lot of mistakes Any, were made you know yeah that's, that's i spent a lot of money in places of where i'm pretty sure yeah I'm, i spent a lot of money in places i'm pretty sure i did not get it back you know and i made a lot of mistakes so um
1: lesson learned entrepreneurship one oh one I suppose. Danny yep. that's a, a great place for uh, for us to start to wrap up, but I want to save a minute or two here for you to shout out where people can learn more about what
2: you guys do. What's the website? What's the social links? How can people connect with you guys? Oh man, I don't know. I feel like you need to have me back on. I feel like we just scratched the surface. Um I know. But um for me, learn this stuff. Uh, I I don't I I don't know. What I do, one thing I do is I go explore other gyms very often. Me and my wife, we take day dates and we go to the nicest gyms in the city and we pay 30 or $40 per, you know, workout and we go and we do market research and we rarely go to other CrossFit gyms. We just go to the nicest ones that are thriving and we figure out what are you guys doing and how can we do our budgeted version of that? Um, And so I think that's one thing you can always do as a gym owner is go explore. Don't be afraid to go into places that are doing a lot better than you, right? Because you get kind of, you get kind of jealous and you get kind of embarrassed and you're like, man, I just, you get frustrated. Why can't, you know, I get to this place, but you, you know, it's the only thing you can do. The worst thing you can do is sit, sit in your own little bubble and, and beat your head against the wall, you know, so get out there and, and research and then marketing, the one thing I didn't get to say there is even five dollars a day on Instagram and Facebook can make a difference. Anything you can do, just always have an ad running, even if it's five dollars a day. Boost a yeah. post, have something running that that shows people in your area that you exist. I still ten years in and with the with you know a hundred five star reviews on on Google and I still have people come in and go, I live right down the road and had no idea you're here. And I'm a hundred yards from one of the busiest (laughs) intersections in the area. And I've got a sign. I spent $23,000 on a sign. That's 25 feet wide, a huge cabinet sign. That's backlit neon, like, and it's a billboard from the intersection. And people are like, I still didn't know you were here. Like, man, okay. I got work to do, you know, but get your name out there any way you can. And you have to market. Even when you don't have any money for marketing, you have to market, even if it's $5 a day. That's, that's what I got for you. That's going to be the,
1: the summary of gym ownership. Do it even though you don't think that you can. It's like you said, we're running a bit shy on time, but we we have so much more that we could cover. Danny, we'll have to get you well, back on that
2: in the future. But
1: uh, I, I appreciate your willingness to share. I I'm excited to see what the future holds for you guys it sounds like we've been we've been building a foundation to take the next step here so i appreciate your time and, and i wish you nothing but the best man.
2: yeah good luck everybody keep grinding we're gonna be Absolutely. we're gonna be we gotta keep creating a name for small gyms and and the better the better we all do the better we all do if that makes any yeah. sense you know and so let's do it Let's do it. To everyone who tuned in
1: today, thank you. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us, talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode.
3: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Wars Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton. And joining us on the show is Mike from Precision CrossFit. What's going on, Mike? What's up, Emily? How are you? I'm good. I'm good, man. Good. Really excited to have you back on the show for a second time.
4: Happy to be here again. Excited about it.
3: Yeah. But, you know, before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at Precision CrossFit, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business with people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place.
4: Oh, yeah. So, I mean, Precision has the last name, has the last part of it of CrossFit. We actually go by Precision most of the time to the general population of where we're at. And it's really a strength and conditioning center. Yes, we do mm-hmm. CrossFit. And it's definitely one of our brethren brothers, but we are a full fledged strength conditioning gym. I am a strength conditioning coach. Um, I have been a strength conditioning coach at college and private school level. And uh, so we do CrossFit weightlifting team, uh, high rocks team. And a lot of sports performance and all that. So it's a full-fledged strength conditioning center.
3: Very nice. Very nice. So what made you want to decide to open up a strength and conditioning center in the first place?
4: Um, I ran uh before I became a strength coach. While well, I was a strength coach at a division three school called Occidental College, which if you anybody knows have ever been a division three strength coach, so you don't make any money as a strength coach or like it's like a thousand dollars a month, peanuts, and that's just how you get started. So I I, I ran health clubs. Um, Like, and I was in charge of their sports performance and you see all the things you should not do running health clubs and you learn so much from people's mistakes and what you did correctly and incorrectly. And then, um, so I was always working for all these other people. We'll just call them jackasses for lack of better words. And they were just really, really bad. And I was like, you know what, I want to open up my own center. I want to do this myself. I want to have freedom um and being working for an i had a great job at a private school but you can only handle talking to an ad and so many head coaches for so long before you lose your mind um so as i was there uh the first within the first five years i was at a private school as their head of strength i opened my gym and started building to a five-year plan to leave and be just be the gym owner that i am now and i had two kids at the time that were that were really, really little. And I was realizing right around the age of my son was four that I wasn't seeing my son or my daughter much. And that I was really literally working from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. at night and Monday through Saturday like that. And I wasn't being a dad. So that's when I pulled the trigger to run my gym full time and just be an entrepreneur in the fitness industry. So that's where we're at now.
3: Yeah, I think that's cool. So you're going kind of fast with that sense, but basically you said you were working from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m and not yes. able to be a dad to your kids.
4: Yes. <laughs> so imagine that like, now imagine having a wife and I, we have, we have, um, we have um, Irish twins. They're 14 months apart. My, my son and my daughter, um, they're 11 and 10 now, but at the time when my wife was like pulling her hair out, trying to like take care of these two little crazy kids. And she's, um, she's an interior architect at Pepperdine university. So she's got her own full-time career that yeah. she's very proud of. And it's really hard to just be a single parent. I felt like she was a single parent and I'm you know, trying to be the strength coach at this private school, trying to get precision going so that I can leave it and be it full time. Dealing with partners mm-hmm. that I had at the time, there and their egos, and dealing with coaches, and you know, and then you're thinking you're off on a Saturday, and then you got to go in on Saturday to work th- with the water polo team for four hours. You know, then that snowballs into a what conversation, and then you're out of there six hours later, and it's just really hard, and we really hard to be both. So yeah, it was just something I had to give eventually.
3: So would you say that when you left? and decided to do precision full-time that it was like the perfect conditions.
4: It was not the perfect conditions. I just made it happen. Um, It was the five years was up in my plan and there wasn't enough money to sustain my life. Barely. (laughs) Um, I had to definitely grow certain parts of the business quickly in order for me to sustain the life that my family had become accustomed to and to replace the income. But I'll give you this really cool stat that you'll love for this podcast. So, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to replace my income that Harvard Westlake, that's the school I was at was paying me. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? Right there after taxes and all my, the check was $4,200 a month. And as a strength coach, I was making like 75,000 a month before, you know, before taxes. And that's great for a strength conditioning coach. If anybody Mm. in that world knows it, like, if you can get close to six figures, you're killing it unless you're in the NFL. Right. So my, I call my best friend who's in the financial industry and I go, Hey man, like I'm trying to figure out how to to do this. How am I financially going to, you know, I'm flipping out. How am I? I always, we go to him for advice and he goes, Mike, how much do you charge for personal training? Do you do personal training? I'm like, well, I can, I mean, I, I I'm down. I'm I need to start doing that again. If I'm going to leave, he goes, how much do you charge per hour? I'm like about hundred, 150 an hour, depending on the person. Like I, I I'm worth about hundred, 150 an hour. He goes, okay, what's the standard rate for personal training? I'm like, I don't know, 60, $70 an hour. I'm like, all right. So he does the math. He goes, you make $4,200 a month after taxes, right? That's your check. $4,200, you bring home 4200 a month. I'm like, yeah. He goes, okay, does some math. He goes, dude, if you work two and a half hours a day at $70 an hour, you will make the exact same amount of money you're making at Harvard Westlake right now. That was mind boggling. Two and a half hours a day, that's yeah. like two, three, two clients. Like that's nothing. He's like, why are you still there? <laughs> so two weeks later, because of that conversation, I put my notice in and, mm-hmm. I, and I, I literally had the two clients I needed to replace the income within yeah. a week. And then I, re- I doubled my income at Harvard, Harvard Westlake in three months. And I just went, I just went, uh, I ran the gym. I took an income from the gym, but I just, yep. but I beat personal. I just worked, worked on training. I just added clientele. And then I had my own schedule, my own clients. I was making double what I was making at Harvard Westlake. And I started, and then I let me focus on the, because I had these private clients, let me focus on building precision, the brand business up. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Pretty so, good floor, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it was good.
3: So, before even before you decided to do things on your own and build your brand, did you have like a background in business?
4: Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I I I my mas- my my bachelor's is in uh, history and education, my master's is in social science and kinesiology. Um I never took a business class in my life. I I read some books, I would say. Um yeah. but uh I just had common sense. <laughs> And I, and I learned from trial, you know, and I learned from honestly, I ran two health clubs. So I ran a health club and uh, a smaller one that ended up closing down after I left and I ran another health club after that, you learn so much in a corporate health club. And if you're going to go private sector. You know, you you kind of like understand like what you're going to take from those corporate methodologies versus not. I also spent uh, in the three and a half, four months that I was building Precision, I spent time training at other CrossFit gyms that were very successful and learning from their owners. So I just immersed myself in the culture.
3: Gotcha. So in a way, do you feel like that kind of prepared you for business
4: ownership 100 i mean sure. i was really and also i'll say this i'm also the son of entrepreneurs so my my dad's had his uh six two successful businesses um an air conditioning contracts construction business and a home inspection business that i watched i grew up on the back of the truck as i say helping him as a as a that was my job in college and high school you know on in the summers and then my mom's uh owns a successful medical practice that's all hers and so i've been watching them and their business as entrepreneurs my entire life, so that kind of helped me become one myself. My brother also owns his own business as well now, so we're all business oh, owners. Yeah. None of us work for anybody. Nice yeah. family of
3: entrepreneurs there.
4: Yeah, exactly.
3: Okay, so with that being said, you've been in business for business for a while. Yes. What would you say are? And I'm just I'm going to limit you to like two skills. Obviously, okay. there's be a lot more, but like, what are the two most important? skill sets or things that you need to master if you want to grow in this industry specifically. And please tell, uh, tell us why. Those are your choices. <laughs> all
4: right. First one would be perseverance. Um, you have to be extremely good at rolling with the punches and thinking outside the box. So you, and you have to so you have to persevere because there's going to be what I tell people all the time in the industry is, there can be a month of awesome and you're just like you're you're crushing it. Things are going your way. You're like let's go. And then there's that one day or one week that's brutal and it whoop your ass and you're just like I, why am I doing this? Why do I do this to myself? This is so stressful. This per, this member did this or you know I I lost money here or my landlord said this, you know, or I'm, the the roof's linking. And you're like ah, and you want to pull your hair out. That's why I have no hair. And, um, and then you have to just tell yourself, no, nope, just why there's this, there's this, um, saying my coach in college, my college football coach used to say, it was called weather the storm. And you have to tell yourself weather the storms just the storm, it's, it's going to pass. And if you can do that and stay and stay positive and be, and be perseverant, you're going to be successful in business. Okay.
2: The second
4: one that I would say is you have to I would say, I would say, um, I'm really good at thinking outside of the box. So, that going to the first part, like you have to think outside of the box. Like you have to be able to ro- adapt to the times and what people are looking for. So, if, if, you know, a lot of people are advertising on Facebook and Instagram, and that's great and that might work for them. Some people are doing grassroots marketing. That's kind of old school, right? How can uh, I get to the, yeah. What is grassroots marketing? Like handout flyers and stuff like, you know, putting flyers on cars, you know, you're going to walk, you're going to do like, you know, you're physically doing the marketing yourself. And they're like, back in the day, like there was no social media. So that's how you did it. Right. Um, or sometimes you're going to do. Um, so you have to think like, okay, how can I, how can I track people to my jam or to myself personally? And like, what is that going to be? And how can I do that? And there's something about COVID. I mean, COVID put a lot of jams into this What do I do right I have to think outside the box, how do I keep my membership engaged, how do I keep my members from leaving, how do I keep them to stay, you know, and you have to think, like, for example, COVID I did zoom classes I went right I was the first in our industry on CrossFit to go right to zoom classes right away, and then I started hosting zoom happy hours to keep people together on zoom, like having a drink and talking about their drink and we would do like talent shows on zoom, just to keep my community tight, during a time that was horrible, you know so. A lot of I think really the ability to think outside the box kept my gym intact and and kept it actually growing in a sense during one of the worst times in gym history. Let's just call it what it is, right? So I say those two things.
3: All righty. So perseverance and also being able to think outside of the box. Yes. Um and you did kind of bring up the topic of marketing during your explanation. So let's just talk a little bit about marketing. Sure. Um how many, I guess, sources of lead generation do you guys take
4: advantage of or leverage? Lead generation? We don't do anything. Um, And I I remember I, I got asked that question on the last time I was on this podcast and they were like, what? And I'm like, well- our our lead generation at this point going into 12 years of business is word of mouth. And it's very, very powerful. Um now, don't get me wrong, I do focus huge on Google. And a lot of people don't know this tactic on Google, and I'll share it here. But if you get someone to do a review once a month on Google, it helps and it helps increase your Google ranking. And essentially also if you, po- you can post on Google like you can on Instagram. If you post on Google, like you do on Instagram, it actually increases your page ranking even further. So if you focus really heavily on your Google page and how that looks and how that, and and you adjust it and you add pictures and you add deals and or, you know, free week or just a picture of people working out and you say something just like you do on Instagram, it increases traffic. And I get a ton of Google traffic to the website. So a ton of people come on Google. And so the leads come through directly from Google and they will, and we do have something on the website you know that takes their information down and gives it sends it to me and then we will follow up as coaches that's our huge thing though is we focus a ton on google to get our to get leads to us and we and we do quite well with that
3: Hmm. that's really interesting so google and what about social media anything on we do on facebook
4: we do a ton of we did we did we do a ton of social media we have i have my own personal instagram page and then precision has an instagram page and we have a facebook page um i post a ton on my personal page and i post on, Inst- on 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 precision's page um i bring a lot of my own leads through my social media to my gym because i have quite a few followers on instagram um and i do and you know, i'll do talks and i'll do like you know i'll post stuff and then they're like where, where jimmy's he at you know i want to see that um and um we did do twice now i've done ad campaigns like you know going into the holidays right january i did an ad campaign through through social through facebook i have a great guy who works with the rams actually that does my social media like advertising, cool video, you know, hold the whole nine yards. And I would say I get out of 50 emails of people that are interested, maybe one person will walk in the door. It does not give me any difference in, in membership base. So the Google thing still seems to run supreme with that.
3: Well, okay. That makes sense. Sorry. Right. Yeah, it's, it's um, okay. So what's your role in your business now? Like are you doing uh, all the selling? Um, are you still wearing a lot of hats in your business?
4: Um, I run the business. So I, I essentially, the hat I wear is like the owner. Like I'm literally doing all the backend stuff. Um, I have a coaching staff that does all that coaches, almost all the classes, all the CrossFit classes are coached by three other coaches. Um, I do focus tremendously on the weightlifting side because I am a USA national weightlifting coach. So that is people are coming to precision to work with the USA national coach. (laughs) So I am, I definitely focus a lot of that, but even on that side, I have two other coaches that assist me that are fantastic. Um, and then, um, I have a ton of people that come in, you know, for like the high rocks or like, you know, the the high level coaching or the athlete coaching. And personally, I love doing that. So like I love strength conditioning. I love working with youth athletes and I love working with weightlifters. So I do I guess at this point, what I coach is what I'm passionate in and other people coach other things. And so, but as far as the, as far as the business is concerned, I'm extremely hands on. Like I, I do the ordering. I do, you know, I, 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 mess with the supplies. You know, I, I'm the one that does all the talking to the the landlord and all that. So I, I run the business. It doesn't run me. So I guess is the way to put it. Other people are the, my business. I'm just, I'm, I'm at the point now where I don't even have to be there if I don't want to. Like I can, I was in Miami coaching at Wadapalooza. It's a big CrossFit event uh, this last, you know, this last week I was gone for five days. Jim ran like clockwork didn't need me there so that's where it's at now
3: very nice so i mean basically you can kind of travel around doing your thing mm-hmm. with the with the coaching and, and stuff like that and the business yeah. still running its own
4: oh yeah um, yeah i mean i got a trip planned to go take my family skiing in two weeks for a week and i don't nice. even think twice about it yeah it's definitely at the point now where i have a head coach who does the scheduling i don't do any of that i was like hey i'll be here or here i won't I'm not there any weekends anymore and it sucks because honestly, I do like being there on the weekends because I love my community. I love teaching like a team workout with them. It's super fun. But my sons are on on a, on a top AU travel basketball team and my daughter's on a top volleyball travel team. And you can imagine travel sports. I have no weekends anymore, just tournaments every single weekend. I don't want to miss them competing. So I can't coach. So I'm not there at all on the weekends. And there's classes Saturday and Sunday. It just runs on its own. So it's cool. No complaints. So,
3: <laughs> how did you manage to, and this is probably a very loaded question, but how did you, in 60 seconds, if you could, like, how did you manage okay. to build it up to the point where it's running on its own?
4: Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so honestly, developing my staff and not just developing my staff, but but like making them happy. And and, and I, don't, I think a lot of people miss the mark on that. So I I they spent months before they ever coached for me shadowing and learning. And they and I only hire strength coaches that I turn into CrossFit coaches. So I they have a good degree background in kinesiology, you know, um, exercise science, you know. And so I will. So we'll t- I'll take them through the ringer on that. And then when they're ready to coach, they will coach with me or another one of my top coaches and they kind of get into it. Right. So, so then they, the community learns to love them. They have a rapport, you know, they're really good. Second. I give them tons of fringe benefits. Like they need something I pay for. They want education I pay for. They need, you know, they have free reign to whatever t-shirt they want, sweatshirt, sweatpants, you know, whatever. For their birthdays, I get them gift cards to their favorite Nike, Reebok, whatever, to buy a new pair of shoes. And, you know, I just really invest in them as coaches to make them as happy as they possibly can. Now, don't get me wrong. I get on their ass because I'm a type A personality. So if they screw up, I'm going to come down on them. But at the same time, I try and be extremely hands-off. And that's one compliment they will all say. They'll be like, my, I'm not a micromanager. Just do your job, mm-hmm. the best of your abilities and be happy. And we're going to be good. And they all are. In fact, I just had some turnover of my coaching staff. I had two coaches, my two best coaches for 10 years, and they just took Uh, full-time police academy they're in the police academy they've become police officers now and i just replaced them with two other coaches who went through three month process to be coaches with me that shadowed these two and they're already doing amazing and it's cool because there's a fresh vibe even though these guys weren't these guys were i have were amazing but there's a fresh vibe and they're super fired up. And I, I can see these coaches being there for 10 years, you know, okay. and that they were so excited when I put up an ad for that. I need a new coach. I had like 50 resumes of people apply because they know the kind of job they're getting and they make good money. And right. that's another thing. I also make sure they're paid well. So, and they're, so they're happy. So it is a full-time position
0: mm-hmm. and
4: they can be strength coaches making good money, you know, and, and uh, have a nice life. And that's, and in California, that's tough. <laughs> so that's yeah. I've, heard. Yeah. I've heard. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's a pretty cool story. Um,
3: so now since the business is running on its own, are you at a place where you want the business to grow or are you thinking about like expanding or are you just kind of good with where things are at right now?
4: Uh, I get asked that question a lot. Like I have no real urge to expand precision as far as the brook and mortar is concerned, like another location. I, I've seen so many great CrossFit gyms do that and fail. Like Invictus is a good, is a good example. If you know anything about CrossFit, they're one of the top CrossFit gyms in the world. They've had multiple locations and they're down to one. You know, and so one great location that they were their original location, but they had like, I think, believe four in San Diego and they're just down to one. That's a good example. So there's a lot of gyms that are really good out there that that I've talked to and they just had to close the second location. They're just down to one. And so I'm more about my location, just mine, but I have, I have another business called Tremelo Programming, which is my programming company. And it's a programming mentorship company. And so I have, I, what I do is they do. They do my workouts at other gyms. They put up a flag of my logo in their gym, and now they're an affiliate of mine. And then, and I'm like there, and I teach them how to run their classes. I train their staff, I train their coaches. I help, I do, you know, different seminars for them so that everyone's caught up and we talk regularly. And then, so they, so essentially, my gym and my hand is in five, seven other locations now. Around the country, so and that's growing. So that's kind of how I'm expanding. I'm not expanding my gym. I'm expanding my educational purposes, I guess. My, my gotcha. business mindset. Yeah.
3: Gotcha. So not necessarily like adding on like 100 to 200 more members, but just really a different avenue of bringing in more revenue yeah. to the gym.
4: Yeah, I'll take 200 members from somebody else's gym, and I'll get a piece of that from financially what they pay me because they pay me a fee, you know, based on to, to use what they need for me.
3: Gotcha, gotcha. So it's expanding. I
4: have tons of members. They're just not all in my gym.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Mike, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. Okay. But before for we start sure. out, please tell our listeners where they can find you.
4: Yeah, you can find me uh, multiple places. Um, my website for my gym is uh, precisioncrossfit.net. Um, my Instagram is m m t r o m e l l o, or you can go at precisioncrossfit. Um, and you're always welcome to email me precision.crossfitinfo at gmail.com.
3: All righty, Mike. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. Definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to thank everybody you. who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next
0: time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
3: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
5: What's up, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Shop, and with me today is a super special guest, Danielle, with Ironclad CrossFit out of Easton, Maryland. Danielle, how are you today?
6: I'm well. How
5: are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Can't complain. Uh, thanks for hopping on. i super excited to dive in and learn more about you and all the crazy stuff that you got going on. And, um, you know, we'll dive into the business. So I yeah. want to open it up and, uh, you know, just kind of give the listeners a chance to hear your vision, your story, you know, what got you into fitness, you know, what's your vision behind it, your philosophy, you know, and the things that you're wanting to do.
6: All right. Uh, well, My name is Danielle Dressel, I own Ironclad CrossFit. I've been open for just over one year. I opened at uh, basically Christmas of 2021 and I um, never wanted to own a gym. I don't know anything about business. I have a criminal justice degree and I was a cop for 13 years. Um, so there's that. <laughs> that was fun until it wasn't. So um, my husband and I, we have three children, uh, seven, four, and two-year-old. So we're very busy, parents. My husband also owns his own company. He owns a long care company. So two years ago, we moved from the other side of Maryland to this side. And in that time frame, we built a house and we moved, uh, you know, obviously came to the area, and I've been doing CrossFit since 20, I guess, 2013, 2014, something like that, and um, never dreamed of opening a gym. However, when I moved here, um, there was, there is another gym in town, and I went there and just didn't, um, Didn't get all the good vibes that you get from CrossFit. So um, went to another gym about 20 minutes away, uh, 20, 25 minutes away. Coached there for a little bit. Great gym. You know, no, nothing terrible. You know, just it was too much with having a newborn and two other children, not even in school yet, driving back and forth. It was too much. So um, left there and took me about a year to find a, a space that had high enough ceilings that I could open my own business. And I told my husband, hey, I'm doing it. And he was like, Are you kidding me? And I was like, No, I'm for real. Like this town needs a good quality CrossFit gym. And I believe that I can provide that. So here we go. Let's go. And <laughs> much to his chagrin, he supports me in my wild crazy dreams. And um, we are a year in and loving it and killing it. Um, doing really well, especially for the small town area that we live in. Um I've expanded just from adult classes into doing nutrition coaching. And I also have um, a very successful kids program as well. And in the future, since you asked about my dreams, I also want to start a um, like fifties or sixties plus class that um one of my coaches who is a six-year-old medical professional she's a doctor um I want her to run because I want them to see her as a peer and she's just a wealth of knowledge and information and so that's going to be our next big venture is getting like a fitness for seniors class specifically
5: now that is something that you don't see every day
6: didn't have a choice
5: (laughs) hey no that's that's awesome um I uh if I had an award for the the most busiest person, I I would have to give it to you, you know.
6: Uh, It's not a good thing, but on top of that, I also coach my children in soccer as well. So like add in coaching, you know, 50 adults on top of, I don't even, on top of the kids program, on top of coaching. So I mean, it's, we don't have a lot of downtime, but it's a lot of fun.
5: No, and yes, I mean, you know, as long as you're enjoying it, you know, 99% of the time, you know, it's, it's worth it. You know, you're changing people's lives. You're, you know, yeah. helping kids and you know, you can uh, still maintain your own personal health and fitness. You know, that's, you know, that's key.
6: Yeah. Sometimes that slides, but we're working on it. It's a commitment I made to myself in January that I need to get back on track because obviously, you know, the business takes precedent over yourself and, you know, it's easy to tell other people to make an hour commitment a day. And then when it comes to you and you don't have an hour so, I've been also working on that, but um, slowly building a team around me has helped a lot. Getting people, the right people in the right places has Mm -hmm. helped significantly.
5: Yeah. I want to dive into that in a little bit, but that's, you know, that's one of the keys to it's like, you're this crazy go, 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 go person. But like you mentioned, you know, you got a husband, you got a family, you have like things that, you know, you want to be obviously the most important to you. And, you know, you want to be able to keep the successful business and, you know, balance everything. So
3: yeah, it's really hard
5: it is key people is key Um, yeah but all good things all good things sounds like everything's going well and uh that's great um so with that being said roughly um tell me you know what you know i I love the vision everything but i want to dive into like you so Everybody needs a little Daniel dress on their life, it sounds like. So
6: you're <laughs> being
5: <laughs> But um no, I knew I knew there, there there was a there was a fierce side, you know, just like I could see your your body language and everything. It's like, okay, she she did something before this that was very like you could just tell. Um all good though, all good though. So um, but tell me, you know, and, and what you know, how has CrossFit helped you personally, like mentally, physically, like what you know, what is like Everybody's got their escape Their, You know, this is my niche. This is me, you know, like, what's it done for you, you know, personally, physically, you know, kind of help you throughout the years.
6: Yeah, so um, I found CrossFit. So I used to do boot camp instructors. So I was, like I said, I was a cop for 13 years, but I always had done fitness. I used to run marathons and half marathons. And now I don't even want to run like anywhere but like 400 meters at most. And I'm like, yeah. I'm done. Um, so I used to, I've always exercised, right? I grew up in a small town, upstate New York. So I did not have a gym facility. I didn't have any like weightlifting experience. Um, didn't really know what I was doing. I'd go to the gym and, you know, do this and then hop on the elliptical, right? Like every other girl <laughs> that's like, yeah, this is great. You know, no, it's actually not go lift some heavy shit and we'll get better. But anyway, so I started, um, moonlighting for a company called soldier fit as a boot camp instructor. And then once me and my husband met and we moved, you know, it was too far away and there was this CrossFit gym and I'd heard about it, but I was always like, ah, you know, like I'd always had my, my soldier fit. So I just, just went with that. It was fun. It was good. So when we moved, I was like, okay, let me try it out. So I went and um, loved it naturally. I was like, where has this been for the rest of my life? You know, I was in my late twenties and um, I I just, I, not to say that I lost a ton of weight, but I had body recomposition. Like I was getting muscles. I was getting strong. I was losing inches. Like I could run for two hours, but who the hell cares? Right? Like you can't lift something. Like what good is that? So I, um, the first and foremost thing that really got me hooked was body recomposition. Like I said, I have three kids, seven, four, and two. I did CrossFit literally throughout all of my pride, very easy pregnancies. So not to say like that everybody can do that, but I had very easy pregnancies I worked out every single pregnancy up until the last day. Um, it was very, for me personally, easy pregnancies, easy labors, you know, bounced back despite being in my, you know, the old age of my young thirties um, was able to come back and, you know, be stronger and actually look better in my own opinion after each pregnancy. So that really helped out a lot. Um, couple that in with nutrition um, when I, when I got a hook onto that too, as well, it just, I looked like how I wanted to, I looked, I felt good. I looked good. And, um, in my opinion, you know, somebody else might say otherwise. Um, but that's what I, that's what I was looking for for the first, you know, the last decade of the prior to that. So CrossFit, um, it just, I just got hooked, and you know the usual. It sounds bullshit, but it's the community, man. You just, you meet people, like-minded individuals like you, who are maybe not necessarily on the same path as you, but you're all on the same journey together. Um, and so, just being surrounded by those type of people, it, it. I've been a part of like five different CrossFit gyms, and. Um, um, you know owners whatever you take the good and the bad but like the community has always been top-notch so for yeah. me CrossFit is how I wanted my body to look on top of just meeting some just absolute kick-ass people
5: yeah no, no spot on I, I've talked to a few different CrossFit owners um, you know over the you know, last few weeks and you know they all kind of said you know the community kind of speaks for itself um, yeah and then you know being on the flip side before you become your own boss it's like you know I've dealt with numerous owners in like the franchise world, like you know, Orange Theory, other other places and stuff like that. And it's like it you could take it with a grain of salt, right? Like you're you're exactly on the things. Like you're gonna pick up on everything that you need to pick up on and then you know dish up what you don't need. But um yeah it's uh it sounds like you know you had kind of like in your head like this this you know not perfect person but like you know something that you were striving and chasing towards and you'll know, cross it kind of gave you that that in to be able to shape your body the way that you wanted it to so
6: yeah, uh, yeah. and it's just cool to do heavy you know lift heavy shit like it's it's a good emotional release and you oh, know yeah. you generally feel good after not that you don't at other gyms or anything but you just it's there's a level of like of success that you know it's yeah it's, not well, it's pretty unbearable.
5: yeah I, uh you know quick two cents my buddy this is obviously back in like college days um but my buddy he has his own crossfit gym up in uh, michigan which is like my hometown and anyways we back in the day we would go on to like the basketball courts at our apartment complex and he would have you know bars and you know uh, slam balls you know all these like different like stuff and we do like wads and you know people at the pool be sitting there drinking and everything and they're looking you know talking smack whatever and you know we're just sitting there you know lifting some heavy weight and you know dripping and it was great
6: yeah, well, and then you know, a week later they're like, So wait, what were you doing again? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, oh, hey. oh, oh, oh yeah, come on, come on, go check it out. Yeah. Oh, no,
5: you're not not around your friends no more, are you? Not, not, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um Cool, Daniel. Well, let's kind of you know dive in. So kind of give, you know, elevator pitch, whatever you want to call it, kind of give, you know, what what's somebody gonna experience when they come into ironclad CrossFit? You know, like what's all the services that are offered. I know you mentioned before we spoke, you know, obviously group training is the biggest one, Um, but like, you know, like youth classes and things like that, just kind of give a general well-rounded, like what are the services you offer? What is somebody going to expect? What are they going to feel like when they come into your facility?
6: Uh, So when you come to Ironclad CrossFit, I think the first thing that you will get is just, nobody's, you might walk in a stranger, but you're not going to be one by the end. our members all, like I said, you know, we encompass that community. It's really important. Um, one of the things that I value that maybe you might notice at first, but people that walk into our gym notices um, how clean it is. Uh, the equipment's all brand new. I bought everything brand new. I was not, you know, no, no penny was spared. As our classes are getting bigger, you know, you might have to share a piece of cardio equipment once in a while. Um, but we I, I thought of pretty much everything. Like I said, being a part of five gyms, I, I pulled from a lot of different knowledge of, from a lot of different people and places on what I needed to get to fit and equip my space. Um, our class size is kept at 14. Um, we don't generally even have 14. We on average have about seven to nine people. Um, so equipment is never a problem. Uh, in my experience, other gyms, you are walk in and you're like, I'm going to need a tetanus shot by the time I walk out of here and so my whole vision was to be the antithesis of that and so what I love is like last week I had a navy recruiter come in my gym right she's she lives on the other side of Maryland but she was just dropping off pamphlets and she walked in and she's like wow this is a really clean gym and I was like thank you like because for me that's really important I want everything to look good everything has its place and my members know you know like treat it like it was yours and we'll all have it nice for a long time. So I know that sounds like weird as like a priority, but, um, having that really well conditioned, very clean space is really important to me. You know, you go in the bathroom and you're not going to find anything you don't need. Like you, we have it all, uh, you know, even down to hair ties, do you need a hair tie? Here's a hair tie. Um, so not, not, I've been in a lot of CrossFit boxes around the country, you know, go on vacation and stuff. And I, I think that ours is, uh, pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Um, what else? Like, you know, we do have these, obviously have small group training. Um, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's a really good time. And, uh, but safety is obviously most important important to us. Um, The coaches are coaching you. You get coached when you're here. You're not just coming in, doing whatever the board says and, you know, or not, you know, some places are like, oh, well, no, like you're, you're actually getting coaching when you're here. I have myself and three other coaches, uh, very high quality coaches. Um, Two of them are younger. And like I said, I have my, um, myself and Carolyn are both level twos. And so you're, you're going to get coached. You're not just here just to work out. Um, I do have the youth program. That's awesome. It's a lot of fun. It's once a week on Tuesday nights, uh, three different age groups, um, four to seven, which is wild uh, seven to 11 and then 12 to 16 or 12 to 17. Um, So, you know, I'm about to start a homeschool program in the next couple of weeks where we're going to get homeschool kids in here during the day um, with getting you know their PE requirements and stuff so it's just a lot of fitness it's a lot of fun nutrition if you want it we're currently in the middle of a six-week commitment I don't call it a challenge I call it a commitment because um, that's what it is you know changing habits and measurements and you know all the good stuff I work with Atomic Nutrition for that uh, so it's it's your it's your basic CrossFit gym but nicer I'm nicer that's yeah a
5: little nicer.
6: a little nicer still CrossFit though
5: yeah, I, uh, you know, I've been I've been to a few I've, not nearly as many as you have. But, you know, it's it's like one of those things where you walk into the facility and, you know, CrossFit, it's like, okay, you got bars everywhere, you got bumper plates, everywhere, you know, you have all the stuff. And it's just like, it looks dirty or grody, or, you know, maybe some of the stuff's run down. So it's nice to see that somebody takes pride in, you know, especially with the whole like COVID thing, whatever. But um, yeah, no, we won't talk about it. But you know, just, just from like a, a standpoint, like you know, your facility's clean, like somebody can walk in and be like, Oh wow, like this is like it's like an eye catcher, right? It's it's
0: yeah.
5: it's different than like, oh, half the machines say out of order, we'll replace right. something. Um, so yeah, I think you know, like you said, that's that's huge. And then it sounds like you're huge on you know, like community and the education behind the actual lifts. Like, you know, somebody tries to do an overhead snatch or an Olympic you know, movement. And it's like, Oh, we just popped your sock shoulder out of socket. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of that. Um, versus yeah. like the mechanics behind it. It's like, okay, the progressions to, you know, getting up overhead and, you know, so on and so forth, but, um, awesome. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so Danielle, um, currently like, you know, what's the size of your um, facility as far as like, how many members do you have? Um, is this something that, you know, you're comfortable with, you know, like what's kind of like the, the target number you're trying to hit?
6: So right now, this morning, I did my check-in, and I have 40, uh, 45 or 48, right around 50 when you count my um, my regular, um, what are they called, punch card members. So I have about 45 to 48 recurring memberships, and then on top of that, about mm, Three to four rec- like regular drop-ins, um, you know, punch card members, okay. and thirty plus kids. So on Tuesdays are all the kids. So, yeah, so it's decent. Um, given that I do have a small gym, it is uh, about three thousand square feet total. And I'd say with the bathrooms on the warehouse side, you're looking at you know maybe two thousand square feet uh, for the warehouse. So. With barbells, obviously, with CrossFit, you don't have to use a barbell. You can use dumbbells, but yeah. with barbells, obviously, it makes it a little bit more uh, safety intense, and you have to be careful. so I said I clap my I cap my classes at fourteen. Um, generally, the biggest class is the four fifteen class that has about twelve, and it's like, all right, everybody needs to be, you know, on point. Make sure you know what you're doing. Don't walk in front of somebody. Um, I would love to have. I think my goal number would be somewhere around. Uh, well, my my. My 2023, I guess, are in um, annual, I hope to get 102 members total. So I have it broken down, you know, by quarter, how many I want to get, you know, each week, each, each quarter, each month, you know. And um, it, it rounds out to about 102. Um, I've done very well. I think in the last, um, basically, month, we've added... Fifteen new members, and what's really funny is it wasn't like the new year, new me people. It was just like right, it started before January, and it's carried over into um, that. Was despite ads and all of the bullshit of Facebook ads, um, which I have tried now, I am currently running uh, a hate, but whatever, that's another story. Um, but yeah, so around this area in, in Maryland, a lot of it's word of mouth. And I think that by virtue of being open for a year now and more people, especially with kids programs, you know, checking in and sharing things on Facebook, people are starting to finally hear about our tiny little gym on, you know, the side of town across from the airport. Like, you don't you don't just come out here. Like we're kind of hidden. So that's kind of disadvantaged. Um, but yeah, looking at at least doubling my membership over the next 11 months. That's going to be hard. Yeah.
5: Hard but doable, right? Uh, Very doable absolutely yeah. doable. so kind of you know walk me through that real quick you know I you know you let me kind of into the marketing thing but before we get to that aspect of your business um what are the things you feel like are doing well as far as like you know let's say lead generation or people coming into your gym I know you said you know word of mouth things like that but then maybe you know what's maybe not working so well kind of like give me like the double-edged sword of things
6: uh well, I'll tell you, <laughs> I hate Facebook ads, right? They're stupid. Um they work, but the problem is that people just click on it and then you know, I have systems in place. I have automation that sends out automatic text messages and you know it's just you're you know, you're getting literally I, I had a woman this morning text me back, stop texting me. <laughs> Well, you kind of answered an ad. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, I didn't but- say that, of course. Yeah, so, you know, you just get that. You get the people that just, you know, respond. And it says, like, you know, if you do not know, if you do not wish to receive any more text messages, just reply, stop. And, but, you know, so it's a little disheartening when you're getting 20 ads in a week, but like, you know, or they'll make the appointment despite you calling them, despite you confirming through email, or confirming through text, and they just ghost you. And yeah. It gets really frustrating, but, um, but, you know, you just got to keep plugging along and I'm here regardless. So if they want to come in, come in. If you don't, don't. But please don't set up an appointment if you're not going to come in. <laughs> like, right? you're not hurting. My so many
5: other things for that time slot.
6: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, lead generation is is good uh, as far as the leads going, Um and generally, if we can get them in the door between myself and my team, we can generally close them. You know, is that's not really the issue. It's getting them actually in the door, making sure that we're getting quality leads. So yes, um, still tweaking that, still working on that with you know different the meta verse or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's that.
5: Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I always applaud gyms. You know, especially you know word of mouth is such a huge tool because that shows there's value inside your facility and that people are actually enjoying and can speak positive things from actually personally being there. Um, so yeah, word of mouth is always great. You know, we love word of mouth because you know, you're going to get the most quality type people because I don't think somebody in your facility would be like, Hey, like this random Joe Schmo on the road. Hey, you should should come do this and not know anything about them. Um, even though it would still be good, but you know, you're, you're going to get good quality people that way too. So
6: yeah um, those leads are generally better than random facebook ads but unfortunately i mean that's that's where we are today and is. i am a small gym, and i don't have a ton of money i don't have a ton of revenue for ads so i have to do what i can pay for but i'm getting what i pay for it's like buying lululemon clothes you get what you pay for
5: <laughs> a quality trumps everything um but yeah, I, I think, you know, any, anybody in the gym industry has had their uh, ups and downs with, you know, marketing and switching companies, you know, if you're using companies and stuff like that, because we, uh we, you know, one time I was doing through that and we were getting like, I don't know, 30, 40 leads a week, maybe, but you would get half of them that are like, please don't contact me again. I'm like, you, you you clicked. And what do you want me to do? Just, yeah. oh, hey, we'll, we'll just let them go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right. it's always disheartening. And, you know, I feel like anybody is going to get some of that, you know, just.
6: By virtue. Yeah.
5: People are just, people like to click and look and, you know, they just don't want to be contacted, but they want to just know more. So it's just like, you're darned if you do and you're darned if you don't. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So good. You know, we got goals. Um, so kind of walk me through marketing, you know, uh, I don't remember if you said you had a company or if you're just kind of doing like your own thing with like Facebook and Instagram lead or, uh, excuse me, ads.
6: I do. I work with Big Little Gems.
5: Little Gems. Okay. I don't think I've heard of that one personally. Um, but needless to say, you know, you're running ads. So walk me through, you know, that. Is it, you know, obviously you said it's up and it's down, but is it something that you you know, you would say that you are happy with or okay with, or, you know, do you wish things were a little bit different? Kind of talk to me about that.
6: Uh, the company themselves, they're wonderful. They are so good they they don't just do ads they do um i have i have like my app and uh, mind you remember criminal justice degree not business degree um yeah. you know i have the app they help me out with the ads i'm currently in an ad cohort so i pay for them to run my ads like i am currently paying them 100 here you guys have it. <laughs> let me know how it goes um I, because i just don't have time what's that
5: well, oh no, I was just saying, yeah, like, all right, you guys run it. You just give me the feedback and we'll go from there.
6: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also with it, I have, a, I use a program called Gymnetics and, you know, use their systems and their automation and their everything um, to track, you know, the leads and do the funnels and do all the, all the acronyms. Um, wonderful company. Absolutely love them. Prior to them, I just had a website company that I... <laughs> that I got from a uh, FitPro conference that I went to in Nashville back in June and paid more for that shitty website with absolutely zero anything than I do for this company, um, Big Little Gyms. They are wonderful. They are wonderful. Um, the ads is, is in addition to, you know, what I am, you know, using them for their website. Like, they, they do my web design. They do all that stuff. So, uh, they're they're wonderful. They're really good. It's it's not them necessarily. It's uh, it's where I live. The the leads are rough. It's okay.
5: Yeah, comes comes with the the area, I guess, in a way.
6: Yeah, yeah. It's this the Eastern Shore of Maryland is a very interesting place. So you either have you know there's there's not really like a middle demographic. You either have people that like are pretty wealthy that don't usually live here and come from DC and this is like their summer home or whatever, their weekend home. And then the average, uh, you know, the average person here doesn't have a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of money, but You know, CrossFit's more expensive for many reasons, but CrossFit is more expensive when you have Planet Fitness, and for a small town of like less than ten thousand people, we've got more gyms in this town than you need. So it's a pretty tight market to begin with. On top of having a lower socioeconomic uh, demographic, so it's pretty tough. But we're making it work.
5: Yeah, I say I, uh, you know, I can't speak about anything in Maryland. I've never been that way. I'm from US. I'm from Michigan, so I'm Midwest guy, Um, but. Small know,
6: it, regardless.
5: Yeah, yeah exactly yeah you know I gr- I grew up with graduating class of like 100 so
6: <laughs> yeah well the, it's funny because the classes here are bigger but there's only like one high school for the entire county there's two and one is you know really big and the other one's really small but there's like yeah. you know there's you have to like drive so far for like sports and stuff it's just different it's just different yeah. here
5: yeah no I I totally get it you know I uh when I lived in Florida it was you know like very touristy town but it was like their seasonal homes and people that lived there had boo of money and like you know big ceo you know all the good stuff but yeah uh,
6: and the rest yeah. of us just worked for them
5: <laughs> We're, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just, hey we'll take care of your stuff while you go travel you know 300 days out yeah. of under 65 schools right kind
6: of like, yeah let us know in your back
5: uh yeah right um <laughs> well uh daniel um so i always like to ask you know a couple like not like trick questions but just you know something that like you know gets you thinking a little bit you know with you know your marketing your lead gen um you know how things are going in your facility which sounds really good which is awesome if there was like one like you have everything going you're there's just one thing that you want to be better that's not where you want it or to be different what would that be
6: uh as far as like marketing and all that stuff, or as far as like anything?
5: just anything in your business, you know, anything, you know, when it comes to like, you know, like getting more revenue or, you know, closing more people or retaining more, just anything along those lines. Like what, if there's something that you could change or would want to be different, what would that be?
6: Um, So it's not really in relation to any of those things. It's more about, I would love to have uh, two more coaches so that I could take more coaching off of my plate so that I could find um, other, other people to coach the classes so I can do more of the business stuff that I'm very quickly learning is a lot more than I ever imagined. Um, so that is probably the biggest thing. Um, I do have a business coach. I work with fit affiliate. I don't know if you've ever heard of them or not. Um, they're specific to CrossFit gyms. And so I'm working with business coach Lonnie and she's wonderful. She's amazing. And she's helped me, um, immensely grow and just learn. And, you know, when I opened, I didn't have a business plan, still don't have a business plan, never going to have a business plan. I said, fuck the business plan. But anyway, I, I, I have systems in place now, right? And I have my SOPs and I have my operations manuals. And I, I didn't have any of that when I started, cause I didn't know. So I went for the first about six months on a wing and a prayer quickly realized, wow, this is not the best idea I've ever had. So that's when I hired Fitphilia, and I've been working with them for several months now and um, helped immensely. Uh, one thing that, and I've gotten, you know, more coaches by having their help, she's helped me learn how to incorporate more coaches and all that great stuff. But, you know, I, I have four of us total, but I, I love to coach, but I really need to be doing more business side. I need to be home with my three kids more. So um, I am currently in the process of posting and and trying to find well-qualified candidates that's the problem i'm not just going to put anybody up in front of my gym just because you think you can coach it's not that easy um so i'm having a hard time again small town trying to find well-qualified candidates um because you know baltimore is 45 minutes from here annapolis is 40 like Baltimore's an hour annapolis is 40 minutes like nobody's going to drive here <laughs> from the city you know across the bridge across the bay bridge like so trying to find um well-qualified candidates to coach the classes right now to get me off of the coaching floor more often is probably my biggest, my biggest problem. Hope you're on mute. Yeah. I just saw that. Um,
5: I would say, yeah, you got to find that diamond in the rough, you know, that, that, that great one that, you know, is going to reflect your values and what you want inside the facility.
6: Yeah. And I mean, that happened. I literally had, I got, what month was it? August. I had two girls come into my gym. They didn't know each other. They're both 28 years old and um, separate and apart. Don't they, like I said, they did not know each other. And um, one is a teacher, fourth grade teacher. And the other one is a food scientist and she does nutrition. And um, I literally was like, you guys need to coach for me. You know, they had prior CrossFit experience. You know, I just saw so much of myself in them because I started about when I was 28 years old. No, they're not starting They're You know, five years deep. But I'm just like, wow, like these young, like like these young women are so amazing. And you know, they have a lot to offer. So, you know, helped get them through their level one certification. They both passed. They've been coaching for me for a couple months now and just amazing. Now if I could just find two more of them, that would be wonderful. Um, but yeah, that was a really big win for me because um, you know, I didn't have to go out and post all over the place. Like I found two members like within my community and helped them go through the same thing that I went through. So it was really cool.
5: Yeah, it'd be nice to kind of almost replicate that again. So it's like now you have like a true culture of people that came from you or by wow. you, or, you know, heard of you. Nice. Uh, yeah, River. love that. Yeah. I still like gyms, you know, like members, like whether it's, you know, your your um, personal brands or your franchise brands, you know, a lot of members will be like, oh, my God, like, this is so cool. Like, I want to convert. So,
3: yeah,
5: um, cool, Daniel. A um, couple more questions here for you. So we talked, you know, big picture goals in the beginning. You know, you want to double, you know, membership by, you know, next 11 months, end of the year kind of thing. You know, what, aside from hiring another coach and kind of allowing you to kind of take back the, or give the reins up a little bit to focus on, you know, the the more business and family and stuff like that, um, you know, where, where does that put, you? you know, do you have any aspirations or, you know, dreams of if you did step back and maybe, you know, you open up, a second facility or you added on a different branch of what you're currently doing. I know you said senior classes and things like that, but like, you know, is there any other like, you know, factors or, um, you know, like multiplying efforts, you know, that would happen if you were to get to that hundred members or we'll say when you get to the hundred members.
6: So I don't know if this counts. Um, I would like to build my own building. Um, because right now, obviously I rent, I have, I have a lease, a a three-year lease that I have two more years in and I'm stuck in this small space is, is wonderful, but it's not mine. And I'm, you know, paying thousands of dollars off the top every month, first of the month, you know, it goes out. Um, so as far as multiplying, I think the, before I opened up other locations, I would love to either buy a building, build a building, you know, do something where, um, I paying myself, um, as far as like location wise goes, um, <laughs> but it's really expensive to build a building. Yeah. I looked into it and I was like, I'm sorry for what? <laughs> for a 8,000 square foot, you want two million dollars? Like, come on, man. Um, that- with interest rates so high right now, what's yeah. that?
5: Oh, absolutely.
6: It's just, it's not even worth it, to be honest with you, to do it right now. Um, and I want to get really successful here first before I branch off, because I think that spreading myself too thin would be uh, disadvantageous. I already am pretty spread pretty thin. So, um, you know, big goals. Yeah, sure. But right now I'm like treading water, trying not to try not to drown and everything that I have going on. So, I mean, in the future, like maybe once I get there, get more, uh, you know, revenue coming in, look more into something like that. But, you know, my eyes are always open. I'm always looking.
5: Yeah. And that's, you know, that something could fall right in front of you that you weren't even looking for. And then boom. Right. Yeah. Like that that's how it usually happens is, you know, when you're not looking, it just kind of plops right there and you're like, oh, I wish I could have had this three years ago.
6: Yeah. Well, oh, thanks. Before I sign another lease. Yeah. <laughs>
5: Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Real estate equity is, is key, especially, you know, like you pay yourself and then it's like, okay, let's throw in like a smoothie bar or throw in like a, a kid center or yeah. something, you know, whatever that's going to help you double and triple your own pockets, you know?
6: Yeah. Um,
5: cool. 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 So uh, before we wrap it up here, uh, last couple of questions for all the listeners that are out there right now, love to ask this question because, you know, every gym owner has their own input and different insights and things of how they've done stuff. So, for everybody that's listening, if you, Danielle, could just kind of explain or give wisdom or insight of if somebody's looking to maybe start a business, you know, maybe they're, you know, let's say a single mom and they have three kids and, you know, they just, they have no help and things like this, or whatever the scenario is, what just wisdom thoughts um, could you give somebody to kind of, you know, give them that next step or that advantage?
6: Uh, it's two things. The first one is there's never going to be a good time. Like if you just wait and wait and wait for the perfect time, it's never going to come. So you should probably just do it. Um, because it just, it's not, the, no, nothing is ever going to be perfect ever. So knock it off, just go. Um Number two, well, number one and a half is it's probably good to write a business plan, but you don't need one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You should probably do that. I didn't do that. That was a not a mistake necessarily, but definitely um, I just didn't have any frame of reference. I didn't have anybody to help me. Um, number three is you're not immortal. You cannot do it alone. And um, getting a team around you as fast as possible is going to be the best the best thing you can do. Because when I started, I had one girl helping me um, two classes a week, if that sometimes. And I didn't know how hard it was. I didn't know how much there was to this. And I wouldn't recommend if you don't have at least like two reliable people. I mean, it's probably again, not that there's never a perfect time, but you need to have you need to have help. Somebody has, you have to have help and getting those people, the right people in the right places at, as fast as possible is hands down the best, the best uh, way to go. Because even if you're type A and like me or like, you know, refuse to fail, it's still, it's a lot. It's hard.
5: Oh yeah. zero option mentality. You know, you, yeah. you're all in right. and you're out.
6: We're burning the boats because we're taking the island.
5: That's it. <laughs> a little, little uh, shark tank there. I do all know. know. Um, well, cool. Uh, I think that's great wisdom. Um, and then last but not least to wrap everything up is, you know, if our listeners were to come visit you and get all Eastern Maryland, you know, like, how can they reach your gym? How can they inquire more? Whether it's a website, like I said, social media, just kind of give everybody, you know, your handles, how they can reach you. And if they want to come visit um, or take a class.
6: Yeah, it's ironcladcrossfit.com or um, on Instagram, ironclad.crossfit. Facebook, I think you just search Ironclad CrossFit Easton. And I don't do YouTube. I don't do Twitter. I don't do TikTok. I don't have time for that shit. So if you want to find us, <laughs> the best way is to come to Easton, go by the airport. No, um, ironcladcrossfit.com is going to be the easiest way to uh, to look us up.
5: Awesome. Well, for everybody that's listening out there, you heard it from the Wonder Woman herself, Superwoman. You want to check out her place, go to that website. If you want to be on the Gym Lords podcast, everyone, fill out the link below. Type in all your information. We'll be in touch with you. But until then, y'all, Gym Lords out.